We'll make David cry next. There yeah. you go. Go, David. Let's <laughs> make David cry. I'm pulling up mine, too. Well, the two people yeah, I, I have, most I have, out of touch with their emotions. Just <laughs> <laughs> you think of our, our life process. You know, you're born and then you just constantly keep separating and you keep pushing away and, and you're learning through that. But then there comes a point in time and what dream work really helps with is that you start to like reclaim those parts of yourself that you've been pushing away from mm. so violently. The Big Hormone Enneagram. I'm John Lukovich, 415, sexual self-prez, 458 traffic. I'm David Gray, self-prez sexual, 9 with one wing, 974 traffic. What up, it's Emika, I'm an 8 wing 7 sexual self-press with eight five four fixes hi i'm nancy i'm a three wing four self-press social nine trifix hi i'm alexandra i'm a social self-preservation nine wing one nine six three trifix if you like or hate us make sure you go like and subscribe on apple podcasts and spotify and make sure you leave us a review like i try not to put too positive of a spin on things because i have a really bad habit of being like just kind of shoving the emotions to the side and be like, well, this happened, so it's okay. <laughs> um, but one thing that um, is pretty cool is we said if we ever did move back, we wanted to accomplish feeling like we can move back to Richmond and feeling like we really tried. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think we did that. And now I'm like yeah. a bit ready to make Richmond my home which I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever been ready to do. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, wow. that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, and even too, just like the different aspects of your dream point a lot to your ideas of competency. Like what is failure? You know, like, sure, if you want to say you failed, that's okay. But then like, what does failure even mean to you? And why does it have to be a bad thing? You know, because mm-hmm. you think of just like the... I'm going to be a nine and it's like the natural laws are like, everything's going to fail at some point. It's not good or bad. You know, it's, it is just is. <laughs> so, so the fact that it's, it's like, you know, your associations with failure and with achievement and with value, you know, like what you value versus what you don't like all of that too can be that head space area of associating with things that needs to start to change or or transform into something more um or be actually valuable or yeah you could do that <laughs> whatever operates because then when once you're decapitated you're left with the heart and the body you know like so it's working with that working with what feels right in those areas that makes sense <laughs> mm-hmm. it does this uh i was gonna say that i had like a big travel traveling bug in my 20s there was this sort of anger that i was sort of trying to exercise sort of get away from home because like get the fuck away from these people and i traveled a lot and eventually i realized that i started to create another home elsewhere and i started to see that it's it took like four months for me to realize like it's not that different from where i was coming from because I was kind of trying to run away from myself in a sense of like, oh, I associate 
my parents with Chicago and the Midwest and, you know, and so once I did all this traveling, I sort of like saw that it's still me in some other country. It's still, I'm still going to find my own version of those friends in that other country. I'm going to find my favorite restaurant or whatever. You know, you have to start over and some things that you, that you hate about where you're from are going to be replaced by, you know, a whole another set of problems or even things that you love. So it's like, uh, I start, stopped romanticizing traveling and I, it made me sort of realize how many things that I've been running away from that I associate with how much I hate my parents, you know? And so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just a good, you know, experience for you to actually get out there and maybe you, you it just, you see home differently now that you've mm-hmm. tried to make a new home somewhere else. Even if it would have worked out, I think you might even have a different relationship if you would have lived there for a while um, with home, just to see like, yeah, there's some things that are great, but you know, home takes on a different idea once you've been away for a while. Yeah. And it's, we made a lot of comments about like how the same people are everywhere. Yeah, It's it's the same everywhere. They just speak a different language. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think one thing that, uh, it's really hard for me to like look at is like I thought I was I had done enough work where I didn't feel the need to run away. Mm. I was yeah. like, no, this isn't running away. <laughs> and I think looking right. back, I'm like, like that one's really hard for me to just look at. Like, yeah, it feels yeah, yeah. real icky. Oh, Alexandra, I'm gonna continue to run away from Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> you should always run away from Florida. Florida's never on that. <laughs> I'm a nine. I had the opposite problem. I had to be ripped out of home by <laughs> yeah, God you did, himself. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I had to have my car totaled and, you know, basically priced Life out. wrecked. Just, yeah. You know, and, and we so need to teach you to hate God had parents. to come and pluck me from the womb himself. <laughs> Don't worry. I know I didn't run away. <laughs> you had to you had, had a, a car crash to get you out of fucking Florida. Yeah, yeah. You had to basically be ejected out of Florida. <laughs> yes. Violently, like a yeah. virus. Yes, you know, the you, universe itself was like, you're taking too long, bitch. Hurry up. I've <laughs> <laughs> told you this for 10 years. God damn. No more napping. <laughs> yeah. 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 No more napping. Not to like, yeah. you know, bring it back to dreams or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> That's also why you're here, so you're allowed to do yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, one of, one of the things um, that... I've learned through dream work and, and is basically obviously apparent um, why people get very emotional is that like you think of our, our life process uh, is kind of, you know, you're born and then you just constantly keep separating and you, you keep splitting off and you keep pushing away and, and you're learning through that. But then there comes a point in time and what dream work really helps with is that you start to like reclaim those parts of yourself that you've been pushing away from Mm. so violently. Like, um, so it's, it's sometimes like really what you seemingly silly things like I feel, you know, incompetent or I, you know, I miss this part of my life or whatever it may be. Like I, I want to love the way that I did when I was two years old and, you know, saw a cat for the first time, whatever it may be. Like Mm -hmm. it's dream work can help you start to, call those feelings back that you have split off and and pushed away from 
for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Thank you. <laughs> so who's who's next? Batter up. Yeah, who's next? <laughs> Who I wants to cry next? <laughs> yeah, so come on. Woo. Well, David was just preparing a dream. Oh yeah, he oh, had yeah, David true. had a dream. Yeah. Yeah. David's next. Right. He said he had a big dream from the last. <laughs> so on the last pod, did you keep that in where I said there, uh, there's going to be this dream? Yeah, I did. Reveal? I did okay, keep so it in. I kind of have <laughs> to. So, yeah, you have to do it. <laughs> trying, to, trying to see if I've got an out here. <laughs> you never have an out with us. Yeah. If, whether you said it or not, we are holding you to it. Okay. We'll make David cry next. There yeah. You go. yeah. Go, David. Let's <laughs> make David cry. I'm pulling up mine too. Uh, the two people yeah, I, I have, most I have, out of touch with their emotions. Just <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't have a recent one, but I was going to do this dream that's uh, was probably it's one of the most powerful dreams I've had that you know left an impression. Well, I still remember it <clears throat> after what is it over 25 years. So, um, let's see, man, I'm terrible at telling stories in context. Um, so <laughs> come on, David blast. Okay. Blast, blast. Well, together, David. Yeah. <laughs> coalesce. Yeah, coalesce. coalesce. <clears throat> Into one location. There I go. Let's see. So, um. Add yourself, feel Alexander. your feet. <laughs> She mocks me. This is the stuff nobody gets to hear. Awesome. Like you have no idea how incompetent we are as a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. no. Okay, so um, so not to get serious or anything, but this was uh, within the year after my mother died. My mother died when I was twenty-five. Um, around that time, <clears throat> I was seeing a girl who. I mean, we were kind of fuck buddies, I guess. At least that's what it was in my mind. I think she wanted more, of course. Um, I'm shocked. And, cutting this. Yeah, this is not and, new. This is, a, <laughs> this is not a new trend. This was last month, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing that was interesting about um, her is, I mean, and it's, it's a theme in the dream, or I think it's a central aspect of, yeah, whatever's in the dream symbolically. My situation, as many know, is I grew up with my mother, never met my father. Her situation is that she, is the reverse. Hmm. She mm-hmm. uh, grew up with her father, never met her mother at all. So, <clears throat> and she's a six and I'm a nine. So we're 69, right? So, <laughs> and <clears throat> anyway, Very important. and that's actually that's right. what happened in the dream was we were meeting it happened i don't know somewhere between like four to six times we were going to some house uh some small house somewhere it wasn't mine it wasn't hers uh and we would have sex and it was really good and 69 was (laughs) an aspect of what was happening here um and so at that same in real life around that same time period i was uh working for this wealthy family doing errand boy type stuff and one thing that um they had in the on their back door screen 
it, it was like a double screen and there was a lizard that was trapped there. Um, it was dead. Um, uh, but so that, that same theme, um, was at the house that this woman and I were meeting at that there was, um, there was a lizard that I'd notice every time I was leaving. Um, and the lizard was, was alive, but barely moving. And as each time that I went to the house in the dream and I left the the lizard was getting darker and darker, like turning sort of finally like an ashen, you know, dark gray color. And the thing that ended the dream was uh, me realizing, I think it was realizing that the lizard was dead. Um, now this final time, it wasn't moving at all. And just as that happened, as the screen door is closing, um, I hear a sound of a creature, a being in the walls of the house that's like it's i can tell it's trapped within the walls of the house and it lets out um a sound that was the most horrifying uh jolting sound i've ever heard in my life and and it was a combination of Pain, grief, anger, rage, just a, just unexpressed raw emotion. And the, and I, and the sound told me what the creature looked like. And it was, it's, um, it's impossible to describe, but it was generally human like, but very amorphous and strange and bizarre. You know what I mean? Just non human. Um, and, so it, it let out this sound and and that's what woke me up from the dream. And it was uh yeah, it was just that sound alone is what kind of imprinted the dream for me mm-hmm. because it was yeah, I'd never heard anything like that and it's impossible to describe, but that just made the whole thing stick. Um so yeah. And I don't know if this <clears throat> is uh maybe relevant but you know one of the things about this woman is there was one time in in real life uh you know at her place when she could see this is you know again shortly after my mother's death and at a certain point i've told you guys this before i think but like six or eight weeks after my mother died i mean for six to eight weeks i was really upset Tears, you know, anxiety, uh, pain, da 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 da, and then it all just kind of shut down. Without, it wasn't like a trying to repress anything. It all just stopped, and <clears throat> so I was in that phase, I guess you'd say, of where it just cut off. And uh, I went to her place one time, and she was. On her knees, I, you know, I don't know the whole buildup to this, but I'm sitting in a chair at her place, and she's on her knees on the floor, 
crying, trying to get me to connect back into the grief and the pain. Mm. And, you know, I was being really cavalier about it and just like, oh man, why, why are we doing this right now? You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, at the same time, I appreciated it. I understood um, kind of what she was doing. And it really was beautiful what she was trying to get me to come back into. And she was kind of, you know, it was a real act of will on her part to, to say, hey, come back to this. You know what I mean? This is, mm-hmm. this is major. And it's partly that she was imagining her father dying. And that was part of what she was saying, you know, that that would, um, well, she would just be completely broken up, right? And so, anyway, so that's a little, that's pretty much it. Gee, that's haunting. <laughs> yep. Wow. I mean, the, I think I'd want to ask um, more specifically, like, what exactly was... I know you explained about like um, grieving and then it kind of stopping, but other than that, like maybe what kind of mindset you were having either in like with that job, because it was specifically that kind of lizard and with the door and everything, like, was there any kind of attitude or mindset that you had at that time that maybe felt particularly like relevant? Mindset relative to that job? The Aaron Boy um, thing, and just around around that time that you had the dream too, that it would link to that specifically. <clears throat> well, I don't I know if maybe had... the act of leaving that job because of it being the door while you're leaving it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it was a wealthy family, and they did. Okay, the here's part of the backdrop of all of that the um the daughter was about 10 years older than me so she was in her mid 30s uh you know married at a different house right Mm -hmm. and she had actually she was the one that hired me so i was working for both families uh switching days you know going back and forth between the two and she had actually She's actually a Jungian analyst and was all mm-hmm. into Jung and stuff. And um, she was at uh, my mother's deathbed on the night my mother died. So, because mm. we had gotten to be close friends pretty quickly because we were into all the Jungian mumbo jumbo. And um, so I kind of, <clears throat> because of that connection with her, and her name was Susan, by the way. And so was the girl that I was, my fuck buddy was Susan, mm. too. So there's a connection there. Mm. Um, and I think because they were wealthy and I'm self prez and I've got a 9 7 fix, I was thinking these people are just going to take me in, right? Mm. Or, and I'm going to not have to do shit. Right. I'm going to, everything's going to be wonderful. <laughs> right. Um, they're going <laughs> to, they're just going to give me money. You know? It's going to be great. Um, Nine, seven. That's how life works. Yeah. Actually. What's that? That's how life works. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's got to be realistic. So anyway, um, 
Yeah. So what did you ask? <laughs> just, well, I, I'm kind of glad that you brought up just something about self-preservation because the fact that this voice and this creature of some kind was living in the walls is yeah. very self-preservation-esque, yeah. you know, because you think of um, the walls of a building being, you know, enclosing, the walls are our boundaries, stuff like that. So I wondered yep. if maybe it had something to do with like your own self-preservation instinct wanting to express this kind of pain and grief and anger and whatever. And it, it's like trapping itself, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like there's sure. something there that like this, the ego setup of the wall of self-preservation is actually fucking itself up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, self-pres of course was a big part of, you know, what was up because I had been living with my mother uh, when she died. And so now I'm suddenly, uh, alone having to make it on my own. Uh, I, I don't have any siblings or, uh, I've got a couple of cousins that live in other States or whatever, but point being, I don't have any kind of, at that point, backup, you know, uh, self-preservationally. There was mm -hmm. no it was the terror of, you know, you're a fucking orphan on the streets kind of feeling, you know, it's right. like, I'm a, I'm a rat scurrying to survive and mm. there's nowhere to go. Right. And that's why I wonder, yeah. like, if the grieving of your mom was like quite obviously felt, but then it's stopping, like there's something more that needed to be grieved in a way um but it mm -hmm. wasn't quite just about your mom it was also about this whole other aspect maybe that that you weren't quite sure how to express because you know our egos don't let us in that way does that make sense <laughs> um yeah i think so i'm not sure where to go with it though yeah because i mean you could also look at to the the aspect of the lizard, like if you have any associations with it other than um, leaving that house and it being in the door, um, something being dead, something completely losing its color, because you said it kind of turned like to ashes, yeah, um, yeah. which is kind of very like Phoenix-esque too, that's specifically ashes. Yeah, I mean, it went from, you know, green to, and just was getting darker each trip to that house mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that aspect of time slowly kind of crumbling and dying yeah um something about like because that lizard is a part of yourself too that right. is <clears throat> crumbling and dying and re resorting to ashes so i think um you could look into the, like, I don't have anything on me right now. I'm not going to go running, grab my books for lizards, but there's tons mm. of symbolism around it. Sure. Um, I mean, it is a very, like, 974 kind of figure <laughs> in general. Um, sure. yeah. And then with the person that you were with, I mean, it kind of does feel very just self-pressed sexual in general from based off of, like, everything that was even going on. Um, right. But to me i would see that as 
more of like, okay, here you are in self-preservation sexual mode and there's this other thing that's happening that is trying to cry out and trying to get mm-hmm. attention. And you're wanting to, like the ego in the dream wants to be putting focus on what it normally does during the day, whereas there's right. something else. And especially for it to be a creature, like this is a shadow that is so kind of dehumanized that you don't even know how to relate to it. Um, kind of what I've mentioned with social blind showing up in dreams is that there's a lot of like weird creatures or faceless things um, mm-hmm. because it's it's not understanding the importance of what that aspect of yourself could could give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that the the sound that creature in the wall is very much, um, <clears throat> although it was uh, you know extremely emotional and so forth it was very much that faceless kind of non-personality kind of entity Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. just purely um you know primordial pain hurt anger kind of stuff Mm -hmm. fear no do you think that it could have been linked at all to like social? Is that at a time in your life where like the social instinct just was totally like in the shadow? <laughs> well, it's always been in the shadow. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, at that point, I didn't. Yeah, I, I had no connection to social instinct. Um, so, um, you know, it was. Again, another aspect of nine seven. It was you know just wanting to escape with sex and you know ple- physical pleasure, etc., uh, and trying to avoid uh, kind of what that creature in the walls represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's also like the loss of family. That was she was the only real That's family true. you had. Yeah. See, I I. <clears throat> Uh, said it before, my mother's was SPSX also, and a mm. 174. <clears throat> so, me as an attachment type, uh, you know, I'm absorbing and adapting to more SPSX-ness, you know what mm. I mean? More social blindness. So, that's why I'm the master SPSXer, right? <laughs> because <laughs> um, I still sort of don't know what family is. Uh, and if when I think of, for example, having a sibling even, that just is, it's actually like ick. I don't, I don't want that. You know what I mean? It's just, it feels, yeah, just somehow mortifying to <laughs> have siblings. Um, so... Yeah, pretty well, disconnected from social. If I were to take a guess at this from Enneagram standpoint, um, it was kind of like your mom was the only person in your life who like didn't require social from you, but still gave you that. Mm-hmm. I That's still like gave you gave you that fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was some stuff that was social about her. I mean, she was very involved with people, even though she was social blind. I mean, she I mean, was, everyone has some social. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was, you know, I mean, she, for example, in her, I don't know, mid thirties or whatever, moved to Washington, DC to go work on Capitol Hill to go change the world. Right. Wow. And she was working for senators and stuff like that. And, you know, JFK and LBJ were senators at that point, just right upstairs from her. And they'd sometimes come down and uh, have a drink in the same office she was working and stuff like that. So, I mean, she was, you know, it's kind of that one seven thing where it's like, we're going to do big things. We're going to mm-hmm. do big, uh, radical reform, big ideas, interesting stuff, you know? And she got disillusioned with Washington, but, but she was always doing things with groups of people, uh, embarrassing me and herself often, but, um, because <laughs> she's social blind, just in that special way that SBSX, especially, is just ruins social events. But impressively anyway, uh, good at it. <laughs> I'm speaking uh, from experience. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, anyway, oh no, me neither. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Do you have something more? Who me? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were asking Nancy. The other Kristen no. that's here. No. Um, I mean, I feel like there is so much, because you could even look at like the concept of sound and, and why specifically no. it, it chose sound over anything um, mm. to, to reach you in that way. Uh, it makes me think of just nine in, in general. Um, and I, I guess I ask social, like, what about social in that? time period because of it also like you're you say you're in a house but it's not yours or the person that you're with so again this concept of home like what are you doing in there if it's not yours and mm-hmm. and or hers and um i've noticed with uh self-pres dominant whether it's self-pres social social or self-pres sexual that like self-preservation is a huge wall <laughs> um and so mm-hmm. To have that specifically be in, like, there's life in this wall that is, hmm. like, crying out is is what I am immediately drawn to, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I would mainly say, like, there was probably something with the self-preservation instinct that was r- preventing you from feeling a certain way or preventing you from either reaching social or, or whatever it may be. Go One ahead. thing, too, is because of my trifix, probably. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> hadn't pursued any kind of real self-pres grounding, you know what I mean? Or done any of the stuff that like Nancy would do, you know, like <laughs> go get a university degree so she can have a job and do all the <laughs> dumb stuff, you know? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, I just the way had, you laugh I was, at me when I tell you my plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I was my seven four stem. I'm exempt from all that shit, right? You know, and it mm. took me actually. So my mother died when I was 25. I mean, this is how this is type, right? I mean, I it took me until my mid 30s before I even started to try to build any kind of solid self pres thing because I just thought I always thought there was going to be some magic something was going to happen, right? Just, uh, 
and and my self pres was <clears throat> you know up until that point um just all about sensual pleasure and you know food or whatever and uh some sexuality maybe you know <laughs> maybe maybe <clears throat> yeah no um so so there's i mean there's possibly an aspect of the creature in the wall being actually also somewhat neglected in a certain way mm -hmm. in terms of um especially in terms of some of the realism of what self pres is supposed to be about you know mm -hmm. right you know just as like a commentary yeah the creature in the wall that gave me the heaps yeah, oh, it was and bad. I was so I bad. listen to like murder and haunted mm -hmm. podcasts all day long, and that gave me like full body heaves, like can't sit still, full body heaves. Yeah, that's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally, I can't even. So just honoring the fact that that's fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's I think too. Even talking talking about your dreams and having other people listen, like you can, mm, yeah. you know, they're they're empathizing with what you're saying, even if you're kind of like desensitized to it at that point. Um, That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but also too, just even looking at like I don't know. Does anyone here know facts about lizards? Because <laughs> even just that aspect of you mm -hmm. like dying. Too. I mean, I think of them just being like pretty cold and mechanical and right. alone and stuff like that. Um, it, it is kind of SPSX-ish that just yeah. kind of, yeah, disconnect. They're very not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not social creatures. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, animals will represent some kind of instinct within uh, you. And so rather than getting too crazy with the um, symbolism of animals, just even looking practically at what they do, like what are mm -hmm. their qualities, what are they right. typically known for, um, and then what is happening in the dream to them. So the fact that this is kind of fading out. So this was mm -hmm. also one of those lizards that, you know, <clears throat> in normal circumstances, changes colors. You know what I mean? It was one mm. of those. Oh, like that, a chameleon? Yeah. And so, um, so it's interesting that the color changing that was happening in the dream was, you know, as opposed to the sort of vibrant uh, kind of color changing that you imagine a lizard being near a certain color flower or whatever, and then it changes towards that color. This was just changing towards death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And that color change in uh, chameleons happens due to an outside uh, stimuli. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I could spend more time on this, but I don't know if that hits something for you or not. Usually a dream would... Like when you're interpreting it and someone says something, it would typically hit something for you that feels right or doesn't. So, well, which aspect of what you said are you wondering? Hits? It's all of it. Everything <laughs> we've <laughs> talked <laughs> about <laughs> so far. <laughs> What's your location? She's just asking for a reaction in general. Any yeah, reaction? Yeah. Yeah, what day of the I'm week just, is it? Yeah. Where <laughs> are you here? I'm dying, turning dark gray. 
Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's, I, don't, I don't know if there's any fresh hits. He's got to find himself first before yeah. he can know if it hits. Yeah. Let us know three months from now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. No. Uh, John, does, do you want to do like Did a, I do one? I didn't do one. <laughs> I well, you did one. kind of like uh, one about the the ladies or something. I don't think you actually know. Oh, you didn't right. Do yeah. One. No, I just see yeah, I reacted to themes yeah. that come up in my dreams. John cheating on you, that whole thing. Yeah, that, that was right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That minor. Yeah, that. No big deal. The ladies. Don't remind her yeah. or I'll be in trouble for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, my body just got hot in response to that. I was like, oh, bad. <laughs> cool. Oh. I mean, I have, um, we kind of started working on it if we want to just, re- do we want to just record this one? I have it like written out and it's all together and stuff like that. <clears throat> Kristen, it's one that we started kind of dissecting in the in the group already. Oh yeah. All right. So this one is from um, February third. So this is three nights ago. Okay. It, and I'm basically narrating because I have it written out. So <laughs> enjoy my voice. I'm ready. <laughs> um, I walked into a subway car with my sister, and we sat across from each other. There was a guy with a backpack that walked in and he started talking to a group of us that were sitting down, sitting down like on the subway. Um, he handed each of us a short, sharpened knife, but was very unclear about, he, about what he expected everyone to do with them. Um, so I looked around at everyone and they had already begun to start slicing a line down from the top of their middle finger down to the top of their palm. And then we're licking the blood. Um, I was surprised to see my sister doing the same thing. Um, this is kind of ad-libbing here, but it's because, like, I know her internal place, and she just wouldn't go along with that. Like, she'd be, she's pretty sensitive and squeamish and, you know, can really dig her heels in for no reason. So I was surprised to see her doing that. Then I tried to make myself do the same thing, but I couldn't push the blade in deeply enough, and barely any blood came out. I remember feeling nervous that I would stick out for this, but no one, including the kid that gave us the knives, seemed to notice much or care at all. I remember wondering how to get my sister and I out of this situation discreetly when two police officers walked in. The boy with the knives started talking to the police officers and the rest of us just casually walked out. Uh, Later, I don't remember if I like stopped dreaming at this point, but it was just like later. Okay. Uh, Later, I'm walking out of the subway station alone and I quickly try to pass a man who I assumed was going to ask me for money. Um, He catches sight of me and walks up to me, and I remember freezing, but then remember I still have the knife in my pocket. Um, Another shorter man approaches me, too. At this point, they're both staring at me, and I'm very still, holding the knife in my pocket. Then the dream literally fades to black, and I wake up. I loved that one. (laughs) (laughs) Mine aren't usually very... I don't have very long dreams, or at least I haven't been remembering very long dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have gotten progressively longer since i've been yeah more aware of them well i had asked i know i asked a little bit about like um who your sister is like you know what she means Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that um because siblings and our dreams are like some of our biggest shadows because they're like the you know we've projected so much on them for so long um Mm -hmm. so for her to be with you yeah is is something that um I think you mentioned her kind of just going with the flow, doing yes. whatever. My sister, um, 
Yes. She's also a Bermuda. Um, and the history between my sister and I is that we were always kind of in it together as far as like mm-hmm. attachment stuff goes. We're like, we will attach together and we are like going to support each other in our games with our parents that we just have to do. Right. Um, and then, yeah, a few years ago, we started to kind of separate. We started to disagree more overtly because of it. And, you know, we're good now, but that was definitely like a, there was definitely a fork that we both walked in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had, I think the other questions that I had had, um, cause I asked, I know you said a little bit about you were doing some discoveries about your, um, OPS typing. Mm-hmm. And I asked like what, uh, maybe you have it pulled up, like what FE kind of means to you. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, what yeah. that <laughs> means to you, because I, I wondered if you're the kind of person that really internalizes other people's pain. I do. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, your question is, well, I'll just answer what you just asked me. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that I do. I don't have like, um, I don't know how to explain this. I don't have it in like a sort of a two sense of like, I'm going to fix your problem and it's going to make me feel amazing about myself or something, you know, however that works. But I more have a thing that like, I do kind of feel that the pain of people that I care about is my responsibility because it will take me down also if I don't take care of it. Right. Right. I always like to pay attention to like, uh, hands and specific locations of the body and stuff. And I noticed that the middle finger is associated with Saturn. Um, and I think you said about having a Saturn rolled chart and what does mm-hmm. that really mean to you? Because for it to be so specific, um, that is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. Yeah. Finding out my chart is ruled by Saturn. Um, I mean, some of the natural associations I have to it is Saturn is like pretty austere, but it also rules, um, restriction as well as insecurity as well as like very high standards for self um and where it's positioned in my chart is in my first house and of the literature that i've read a lot of like first house saturn placements just spend the first half of their life just like basically coming down on themselves for not being up to an externally assigned standard so i Mm -hmm. do very much heavily relate to that and think i'm kind of working my way through that door um I mean, there's more to it. Saturn is also, um, the way I understand it, is it's the ruler of discernment, which is a sort of like trust I'm developing. I'm developing my trust with my ability to have strong discernment and then act on it. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've always had it, but I've always kind of um, kept it, you know, to myself. I mean, Mm -hmm. can I add a few things? Mm -hmm. Uh, Alexander's okay? Yeah. Well, just, you know, like, one of the ways that uh, I see you relating to Saturn is certain kind of seriousness. Mm-hmm. That's something that you and I joke about or, like, have it as a, as a, not a joke, but a thing between us is being very serious people. And mm-hmm. even if we play and have humor. So, like, I, you know, that's just, like, I guess what I heard when you were sort of speaking about it was more like things that you're things that you're like coming to terms with versus like things that you just feel about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like a lot of Saturn Mm -hmm. is stuff you already feel about yourself and it's not like lessons you're yet to learn. It's like things you already got. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. 
Yeah, because again, too, starting off on a subway, um, I think I also asked about like what kind, like what do you normally associate with that? Like, how are you on subways? Why would the dream specifically put you on there? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I know at least for me that being a nine, I can never really turn off what I'm picking up from other people. So I don't know if you're kind of a person that when you're on the subway, if you just either are typically to yourself and keep to yourself, or are you like constantly checking or not being able to turn off that like ability to notice what other people are feeling or experiencing? Hmm. Um, So I'm on the subway every day, you know, twice a day, heading to work and then heading back. Um, And I have gotten into a habit where it's just very automatic and very autopilot for me at this point. Mm. Just get on and I can just like zone out and and know when to come to in order to like leave and transfer. Um, But at the same, this is like during the day when it's not, I don't know, for some reason, the fact that it's like busier makes it less scary for me. but there are times where every now and then some like wacko gets on and I'm very tense the whole time because I wonder mm-hmm. if this is going to be like the headline story that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fear. Yeah. yeah like is Puerto this going to be girl like... gets decapitated on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, um, there's so many weirdos in New York that come up to you for random reasons some of them are harmless some of them are are not scary some of them are scary and i just never know what the combination is going to be so i always there is kind of like a numbed well i try to i try to numb but there's still i guess there still mm-hmm. always is kind of an awareness yeah because i'm just looking at that also looking at the idea of a subway car is like a container that takes you from mm-hmm. one place to another so this kind of all it feels like a very like initiation right going on in this mm-hmm. dream like something is happening that like you have to submit to as well kind of similar with nancy's dream like it's asking you to to feel this thing or do this thing whatever um looking at specifically it being a knife as well because um knives or swords or whatever often deal with thought um and the mind it being delivered by a man is also masculine thought um and the the kind of um association too with knives is or the the double-edged sword like that when you talk about discernment that's kind of like where the idea of knives is that there's always two sides to it so this ability to discern um and how that kind of plays in with your feelings uh because it just feels like in the dream there's such strong emotional tone of of panic and pain um and understanding where that pain is coming from and why everyone else is experiencing it and now you have to just feels mm. like there's some kind of process going on in your psyche that is trying to identify like where this is coming from, where it's going. In, in a bit of synchronicity, uh, Alexandra's dad calls her and her sister pain and panic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's from Perfect. the Disney movie Hercules. I just thought that was funny that you, you hit that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Isabel's well, panic. And that's why I would I would try to like uh, associate like what that really means to you, especially for the um 
the ending of the well again you have another police officer i think what exactly mm-hmm. was that part again sorry um that as i was thinking of how i'm trying to get my sister and i out of the situation two police officers walk in mm-hmm. and the guy that has the knife just walks up to them and starts talking and as they're talking we everyone just kind of like okay i guess we're gonna go now and just trickle <laughs> out right like bloody hands knives still in hand like this shouldn't <laughs> be an easy um you know we shouldn't be so easily let go and yet we were mm-hmm. and that's i i love how like the unconscious will always give you such like a ridiculous scenario and mm-hmm. everyone is just like, yeah, it's fine. And you're the only one freaking out about it, which is usually yeah. why then like there's something that your ego is freaking out about. Um, mm-hmm. And it's being shown to you in this way because it's trying to get you to understand like where the freak out is actually happening in, in real life. And then I think like for it to end on kind of a cliffhanger as well yeah. um, is is like your your mind isn't entirely made up about this idea or this this part of your psyche. I don't know if you're going to say something. No, um, no, no. Just breathing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just so, yeah, something about the not being made up makes me anxious for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to look at that specifically. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I and don't then know. More I dreams came tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, um, I don't know if like the idea of uh, holding other people's pain and that discernment process and that seriousness like if that's kind of hitting specifically somewhere for you like either currently or when you had this dream like um if those emotions are happening somewhere in reality that that's kind of where you'd want to focus most of your attention on as to like what the dream could be pointing towards Mm -hmm. yeah um It's hard to say because I think it's always been a theme for me. I think Mm -hmm. with people that I end up, you know, very close to, I always feel kind of responsible for their, I don't know, for their like regulation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Can you say what you were, can you say what you're saying again? (laughs) Like so that I can like think about it again. Like where is this Um, showing up more personally, I guess? Yeah. Like because the feeling tones, there's there's a lot going on that we can link these symbols to a lot of things obviously in your life that you've experienced and and um but the feelings in the dream are pertaining to something going on currently um so this sense of like panic this sense of responsibility stuff like that i don't know if when you were talking about understanding your ops type more or something if anything of that came up um I don't, yeah, it would be something around that. Yeah, yeah. with the OPS stuff, um, oh, that's right. Okay, because it was telling you that this came after, this stream happened after, like, a really good download um, mm-hmm. of some, like, o- yeah, just some, like, OPS kind of insights, downloads that I had based on my type. And it was, it was, yeah, this over-prioritizing of FE, I guess, or whatever. It's just kind of making sure that everybody's, um, regulated around me, but that this has been a priority for me at the cost of my own regulation, you know, like me mm-hmm. giving that to myself rather than giving it to someone else in hopes that it'll get back to me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not sure where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm trying to remember even what I said. I think you were you were mainly saying about like how much you've realized that your time has been spent on other people rather than yourself, um, which felt pretty obvious in the dream itself because of everyone experiencing this kind of collective pain and you just think oh yeah I gotta do it too and Mm, your your sister even being someone that you've kind of um described as always going through things together um there could be some kind of shadow aspect of her that would help you in understanding that like a quality Mm -hmm. that maybe you'd get kind of um angry about and try to push away from yourself that she might have that you aren't willing to admit that you have too that wine like basically puts you in these circumstances um so looking at that might help and also too i just want to point out like the idea of it being like licking blood um because blood is life force in a way Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) you're all like faces are just gross but um like (laughs) it's life force so it's like in jet like this is kind of like feeding you in a way or feeding the collective in a way and so understanding where that's playing out um breaking it down like that and the ending um being as it was would really help with trying to see where exactly your psyche is trying to move like why does the ego go along with this why does it panic when everything's seemingly fine and where does that want to take me next because like a subway car is going to take you somewhere that you weren't mm-hmm. previously. Yeah, because there is, I, I had been thinking about it for, um, I guess, just like the preceding days after having that dream. I remember there was a lot of energy, and I think I mentioned this already, but there was a lot of energy around um, feeling like I also had to cut my finger down and there had to be enough blood. So like I was nervous that it, like, mm. it just wasn't happening. And there like wasn't enough blood and everyone else was like, this was all happening for everyone else in like a very splashy kind of dramatic way. (laughs) So I was nervous that the attention was going to be on me because I was not like with everybody in the same thing. And it just wasn't happening for me, Mm -hmm. Um, despite trying. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know what that... I mean, that just immediately, I think of, because of it sounding very like initiation. Um, yeah. It could be like your thoughts and feelings about like everyone else maybe figuring something out that you haven't, like whether it be about type or whether it be about in life, um, feeling somehow like you aren't doing enough or you aren't getting enough out of something, whereas everyone seems like they are. Um, that kind of pressure that you put on yourself, uh, feels pretty strong, I think, um, with the imagery, like, being depicted in that way. Um, it feels kind of too, like, attachment, with triple attachment, it is a lot of, like, okay, what's everyone else doing, and why doesn't what I'm doing look like that? Or why doesn't it feel like that? Oh, Uh, I I remember something from your OPS typing video. At towards the end, you'd said that something that you judge yourself for is that you see other people being able to be loose socially and that you don't think that you can, you don't see yourself able to do that. You're such a serious person. And so like mm-hmm. the Saturn, Saturn ruled, you know, that finger representing Saturn and everyone's cutting it to get the life's force. 
and mm. you're not sure if you could do that, I think that's maybe pointing mm. to that right. underlying, I can't, I, I, you're judging yourself for your inability to let go of your, you know, serious, you know, standards and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that, um, hang on, my headphones just did something weird. Uh, with that, too, just this idea that I'm kind of seeing everyone else as having something that I don't have already. Mm-hmm. Um, another kind of download that's come up for me lately is just feeling, um, okay, let me get my <laughs> emotions right here. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Let <laughs> <laughs> um, it out. It no, Kristen. No. <laughs> <laughs> she wants you to yes. be crying. Yes. <laughs> it's a fun podcast. Okay. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Loosen up. I know it's not. It's <laughs> not a fun podcast. Cut the middle finger and bleed. <laughs> bleed with bleed us, Alexandra. <laughs> Lick the blood. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Is um, yeah. So, so another part of like a kind of recent download that I've been processing for like the past couple of days is just the feeling of um, it's just the feeling of grief over the consequence of not having invested time in myself. Mm-hmm. Um. A feeling like I put it into my parents, into my sister, into my friends, into my relationships, into, you know, I guess just like the people in my immediate vicinity that I feel like need me. Um, And that the consequence of this has been feeling like I don't have much to my own name. And yeah, I guess just like... um, a grief over just having wasted a lot of time. And I guess what I mean by this is um, I feel like had I spent my time just diving into my own interests and my own passions and my own kind of like frivolous pursuits or whatever, then I would have sort of a body of work by now that I could be proud of or like an expertise that I could feel I really, um, I really have. Yeah, and I guess just like like if we're relating it back to the the blood that maybe maybe there's a maybe no blood came out because I don't feel like I have any mm. or I was even thinking too um the kind of force that it really takes to puncture you know skin mm. and everything it could be that you feel as if you are too weak to mm. even make that split and make that puncture like if that makes sense yeah, like it, that I mean that feels right to me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's a kind of split in my whole life where sometimes I'm like, um, I've wasted too much time. It's too late. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just like a feeling of what if I don't have what it takes to like, right. you know, really do something and like have a real impact and be like a real voice. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I also relate blood to the sexual instinct, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah, uh, and that's uh, definitely come up of, yeah, uh, for me too. A fiery water mm. and mm-hmm. uh, sexual arousal, the blood is involved. And there's all kinds of associations there. Um, so yeah, that could be representing difficulty contacting it. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
or difficulty even owning that power too because mm-hmm. it like i say yeah, it's like it takes force right. yeah it <laughs> takes force it takes power to to puncture your own hand in that way especially the finger like ow <laughs> but yeah. then still like it you know it does take a lot and and so for you to not you know think that you have that the capability of doing that and it relates into what you're saying there about um uh grieving not having focused on your own interests and the things that really turn you on you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right. I can't, uh, I can't wait yeah. to hear everyone's dream they have tonight. Too. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be lit. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to thank our guest, Kristen, because I will be uh, nurturing my beloved's emotions for the rest of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, you could have so cried. Much, you could have cried here. We all could have held. We all could have held you. Oh, no, that's my job. Be- yeah, she's saving all of that for John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate you making me cry on the podcast, dude. <laughs> Let me know if you don't want that to be broadcast. No, put it in. People need to hear me cry. It's fine. Oh, it's raw. Yes, you. That's really cool. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. uh, thank you for coming. Right, I'm very sleepy. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, we're glad that you're back, Nancy. So we don't have to meet at noon or yeah, one God. o'clock every day. That was. I agree. A you sacrifice. guys are way more fun in the evening. There's <laughs> <laughs> a big difference. Yeah, there is. <laughs> no, it was killing me. It was like, oh my God, I'm still not awake yet. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate you guys putting in the effort, but uh, this is way more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Peace Bye. 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 See ya. Tell him, chill out in the